0: Please be advised, the, the Kind of Movie Critics, Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. that.
1: Enjoy. Yo, yo, it's Treasy. Hey, this is Emmy Award winning Corey. It's Martin the Mailman. It's your man Chandler.
0: And I'm Young Leezy.
1: Yo, yeah, funniest intro of Kind of Movie Critics <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Emmy Award winning, Shin splinting, Killer Corey. Is hey man,
2: hey man, I'm I'm here, I'm here. Don't look me in the eyes. So,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I had to humble brag for a moment. I won't, I won't bring it up too often. So, but uh, yeah, often. you know, too often. But yeah, yeah you know,
1: we sh- we shouted it out on one of our last episodes. Martin the mail man gave you your gave you your.
2: Oh, thank you. People. I really appreciate that. I really, yeah. really do. If you actually <laughs> yeah, listen, listen to the, podcast, to the episode, <laughs> I, hey, listen, guys, guys, I, I, you know, I, I can't do it can't listen to my own voice but i wasn't on that one so You're i guess right. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but thank you thank you for the kind words i really appreciate it man you all of y'all have helped in some way regardless so i appreciate
1: it that's love so. man well uh let me give you my address so they can send me my
4: motherfucking statue then, if i help it's it comes like,
2: it comes this week i think too so hopefully it'll it'll find its place in the I living room i got a room. question about so. that
4: did yes. you have to purchase the statue? Do you have to buy it
2: uh the organization that, that i work for purchased it for so yes so yes you do have to purchase it yeah. but they were kind enough to do it for me
4: on my behalf so. yeah i think my organization that i work for will do that as well but it is i think it's like 400 if you if you're just it's, like a person uh, oh. who wins
2: yeah it's around that it's a it's yeah. around a couple hundred bucks yeah oh
1: shit i'll buy an award fuck that
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, you still got to <laughs> No, you still got to prove that you won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. yeah, you can't just buy one or with a blank. Pop no, you can't else. just no, buy no. the statue. Uh,
2: yeah, I think you can go online and yeah. you can buy like replica statues, but uh, yeah, you can't. You can't just hit up the academy and be like, "Can I get one?"
1: Yo.
4: Yeah. Yo. <laughs>
1: yo. <laughs> you can't do it like that. Big Chandler, man. We haven't seen you in a minute.
4: Hey, I'm back from outer space. Hey. Um I've been working a lot, been doing a lot of work on the Act 3 podcast and uh, trying to get as much sleep as I can. And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, it's hot outside. Hot as a bitch. Jeez.
3: Do you have a long sleep?
4: I I walked outside I was like, oh my God, it's hot out here. Is that what you guys said when you walked outside?
5: I said it's August. yeah. 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 I went to uh, Mount Trashmore the other day when it was like 100 degrees and there weren't Yikes. that many cars outside. I was like, wow, where's where's everybody at? <laughs> yeah.
1: Protecting themselves from them yeah. UV rays, cuz. Uh, but, yeah, good to have you, Chandler, man. Hey, thanks, man. Happy to be here. Well, it's good to have you back to talk about Dave, Chandler. Uh, because I know this is uh, your shit.
4: I like Dave a lot. Yeah, I... Uh... Big fan of these FX comedies, man. I know that's with has been talked about a lot on this show. Yeah, man. Um, I'm about to print off some fucking FX shirts.
1: That's how that's how hard I'm trying <laughs> to go. I'm wow. trying to I'm trying to get a job with them motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> them in a24 FX T-shirt, a24 hat, and see who bites first.
4: I love it. I have some a24 socks. Nice. That's, gotta be honest, they're not the most comfortable socks. I mean, and the Flex is like very limited to like cinephiles only who are gonna care that I'm wearing them. But right. I feel cool when I got them on. Well, then you gotta wear capris and shit <laughs> for people to actually see
0: it. You know? Well, I mean, I'm already
4: doing that anyway, though. Nice, <laughs> nice. yeah. Got to, got to have them ankles out, man. It's summertime. It's hot. It's too hot outside. <laughs>
1: we heard you the first time.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, My friend Sean has A24 t-shirts That's kind of his thing T-shirts and hats And I didn't even know He was up on that but
2: I know I saw I yeah. saw when he wore and one was... And I was like You're in the A24 And he was like Yeah man yeah. Yeah. That was random It was very random was Those very shirts random
4: are expensive too It is kind of a flex I think it's like a $50 t-shirt yeah.
0: Oh fuck that A24 nah. can just get my patronage Through this movie viewing Yeah
4: I, I, I have one uh, I have an A24 t-shirt Here's a good little side story I wore it to Walt Disney World In Florida um, it's a thick gray material with a little logo. So the thickness was a problem because it's extremely hot in Florida. Um, and the, thi- uh, the grayness was a problem because gray T-shirts immediately show when you start sweating. So I had, like, leopard dots of sweat all over me. <laughs> and then uh, we got to the park probably, like, 9 o'clock a.m. that day. And at about 1030, I spilled chili from a chili dog all over the front of the shirt. So it has a now I did take I swiftly went and took a tied to go pin to the stain, but now there's a big white spot where it stripped away the color of the shirt. So you could still tell there was a stain there. It's horrible. Mm. Fifty dollars.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. Still Ouch. still
4: wear the shirt. It was too expensive. I gotta wear it like once a week.
0: Yeah.
1: No, I feel you. I feel your pain. I got a crenshaw sweater that's like that. Uh, like I was, uh, you know, the 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 Nipsey Hustles brand. You know, I had like a Crenshaw sweater that I got like back in 2014 and shit. You know, before people were up on it, I had to flex like that, you know. And then I come in doing dishes one day, and I when I, when I'm doing dishes, I put like bleach, a little bit of bleach in the water, like an idiot, you know, like an idiot. I like there you, you black. go. And and lo and behold, the bleach. This one time, this never happened ever before. This one time, I'm wearing fucking Nipsey sweater. <laughs> I pour bloop. the bleach and it spill it like, bloop, bloop. like, like yep. bounces back out of the water and straight onto the, like just one little drop of the right underneath the E on Crenshaw <laughs> sweater. And now I can never wear it again. It's fucking whack. That's how it goes, I gotta wear it to the gym now. A sweater.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you cut the
2: sleeves off. Shout out like, to someone who does
3: that. <laughs>
2: a little sleeveless workout attire. <laughs> right.
1: Right. But uh, yeah, man, speaking of rappers, man, Dave, FX, um, man, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm ready to talk about this shit. It's so many, like, it's so much the fucking just fucking laugh about i don't know about y'all every episode i was torn between uncomfortability and like laughing through my fucking skull did anybody else sort of share that
4: sentiment
0: i plus one i think the
4: show's funny um like sometimes it really has me laughing quite a bit but then i i I think some episodes are like just they feel so like sad and, and leaning into the drama that i i appreciate the the levity of of the jokes, but it's like I won't laugh out loud does that make sense okay okay mm-hmm. yeah I get it no that, that, I, that makes sense i, I I've still
2: reference it when the first season when that little doll leg fell out the shower oh my god i to to this day i I crack up thinking about it man that the show <laughs> was way funnier than I ever thought it was gonna be and yeah. that is still one of a favorite moment in in television history i I, I enjoy the show a lot.
1: Yo, real quick, uh, just, I'm going to jump off the road real quick and, and, and take an unbeaten path here. Um, do you guys do you guys watch this on Hulu by chance or, yeah. or, or FX? I watch, I, it, I on watch it on Hulu. Yo, Hulu. do you guys see that fucking Kylina commercial every break? I mean, is I mean, that the rapper? I mean, no, the, oh. okay, maybe maybe I'm telling on myself here because maybe the ads are tailored to... <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. the Kylina birth control commercial? Nah, oh, man, never I've never seen, never it, seen oh, it. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, no, You I get that done too. too?
0: That's for like psoriasis, right?
1: Nah, it's like... Oh, is birth it birth control? Con- it's a weird... Yo, the commercial's weird as fuck. It's like people in masks... <laughs> like, kind of like, it's basically, the, the commercial's about birth control, the whole product is birth control, but the whole commercial is people flirting with each other. It's fucking funny, but it's like, they're flirting with each other through masks and shit, like, it's, yo, it's fucking, it's wild. Where we're at with advertisements, and why they're showing me that in Hulu, and nobody else gets it, but Lizzie makes me very uncomfortable, and it's fucking wild. that Like, I wish, I have to send y'all this Kylina commercial, it's fucking hilarious to me, because I'm like, yo... You're pitching birth control, and then like the whole thing is that like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's I funny just, to me.
5: I just kept getting like a gay rapper commercial. Ooh, oh, I
1: didn't Freddie,
3: get any, any of Freddie that. No, <laughs> nah, it was the uh, what kind of
5: content
1: you Google, buddy.
5: It was Pride Month, so every time I every commercial break, it would be this uh, this spotlight on this gay rapper. I forgot her name though.
1: Oh, it's her. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, is it? Uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't happen to be. Um, what's her name? Is it?
5: I, it's nobody I know, so I mean,
1: what's the what's the what's the girl that ooh who's that? No, it's not little
5: Lil, uh, nah, young M.A. No, it's not Young M.A. I said
1: little mom. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, just back on road now. I'm sorry, I had to get that out of my system because it pissed me off every time I see that commercial. But um, because I'm like yo, I I don't I don't need birth control, man. Thanks, I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, if I don't know if y'all can see me through this, I don't need birth control. Um. <laughs> Um, this season, I will say it was a lot darker, right? Like I think the the material was definitely a little bit more heavy, um, you know, out the gate just with the, the, the K-pop, you know, episode, just that shit was dark. It got really dark for a minute, you know, like the kid, the dude getting arrested and the, you know, thinking that the, the girl was jumping off the thing to commit suicide. Like it, it was, it was a little dark there, um. And yeah, it, it, and it just seemed like the whole season had somewhat of that tone. Uh, how did y'all feel about the season overall?
2: I the one my one complaint was that I I thought the first season was funnier. Personally, mm-hmm. uh, I I found that that I think it's because it because it touched on a part of maybe his personal life that the is not in the mainstream light. It's it's not going into the you know you're a full blown star now and i think that welcomes a little bit more humor um versus this season i didn't think it was as funny um uh, but i did think it was a is a good show to watch but I, it it wasn't as funny to me but
5: mm. um i like the first season because it felt like the whole season was about dave um coming out as kind of like this comedy guy but he kind of wants to be taken seriously as an artist and his, it's his travels through that. And this season felt more like he takes everybody for granted and he has to realize, like, this is like a group project. Like, literally, he's not the only Dave in the show. Mm. So he has to appreciate the people around him and use them to, not use them, but realize that they all contribute to this thing he's trying to build.
2: Mm. It's funny you say that because I didn't, it took me two incidences on the last episode to realize that I guess Gata's real name is Dave. Davion, yeah. Davion, but like they called him Dave. Yeah, you know Davionte, so I mean, Davionte. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so I thought that was exactly summed up what you were saying. You know, you're not the only Dave. You know. So. Yeah.
1: That yeah, that, that was a good little twist. Uh, I ain't gonna say twist like yeah, like how the they season,
2: but... they uh, they
5: could have dropped that in like the first season, but they they waited till the end of the second season to like. Cause obviously, I'm sure when they first met, they were like, "Hi, my name's Dave. My name's Daveyante, but I go by Dave too."
3: Right. So
5: they they knew that the entire time, but they like held it for this one moment, which I thought was really dope.
1: Very genius.
4: I enjoyed that that bit with the names because I I, I thought that this season is like a fascinating example of how to apply like joseph campbell-esque mythological archetypes to a show about a rapper who talks about his dick like (laughs) right the first the first season is is lighter you know it's dave becoming the hero you know it's luke skywalker blowing up the death star blowing up the death star in this case being you know doing that badass freestyle on the breakfast club and then This is very much the Empire Strikes Back of the whole thing. We're learning about Dave's failings. Um, Each character sort of hits rock bottom at some point during the episode. Um, You know, it's uh, the challenges of ascension in your life. And uh, the thing with Gaeta's name, which, I mean, I don't want to, you know, force us down this road too early in the conversation, but... Obviously, like, cultural appropriation is a huge theme through the season. And highlighting that, you know, all season we're highlighting how Dave and Gator are so similar. And the similarities go down to the fact that they go by the same name. Uh, And in many ways, they're they're like the same people. But they're not treated the same way at all by society or by their friends or by business partners. Hmm. Okay, Dr. fucking Deep Dive over here. Hey, it's
1: me, Dr. Deep Dive. So what? (laughs) Hey, Andrew Dice Deep Clyde.
3: Deep Dive.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that that was pretty shit what I just did. Hey, put your goggles on. We're about to do a deep dive.
1: (laughs) I'll let you have it. Lisey, what say you about this season?
0: I enjoyed the first season more. um, the second season, there was a point in this season where the white boy humor just really went way beyond a place that I could ever appreciate and I was just like, what the fuck? Um,
1: Right. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me read your mind here. Episode three.
0: It was definitely the Benny Blanco episode and I don't even know those white guys. Like, I don't even know anyone who behaves that way, and I know a shit ton of white guys. I, and I, I just, I was just like, "Oh wow!" Like, I have a question for um, is this?
5: Chandler and uh, Corey. Is that what like white people, white dudes do when they're alone? Like, can you can you give us uh, a scoop? Mm,
2: <laughs> the scoop. <laughs> 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 uh, you got to pull out a little notepad and like, I yes. get a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, um the antics of those two, I would say I have, I have seen people act like that. Um, not people that I directly interact with. Cause I have all of three white friends and one of them's in the, <laughs> on the podcast right now. <laughs> um, I, have seen a little bit of that and it's usually people that I don't know. It's usually people that I, I don't know very well. Um, it's, it's, it, I understood what they were doing, and and it's. I think it's weird as fuck. Uh, it's never been my bag, and but I'm not going to sit here and say that's what all white people do. I, I've been in the room with plenty of white people that don't touch each other's balls. Um, right. What do you mean, Chuck? <laughs> you don't touch <laughs> balls, Chuck? You you know, you know, <laughs> what the fuck is the Chuck mean, thing? I didn't I mean, get it's, that. Not a, yeah. it's not a common theme, but uh, at the same time, I've definitely seen some inspiration behind that, and it's definitely weird as
1: fuck to me. Yeah, it's weird, Chuck. how about you, Chandler? Any of your friends like that, Chuck?
4: Well, I have a uh and I don't know, a different read on the, the whole thing than you guys do. I, I I think that I don't think it's supposed to be reflective of how white people are in real life. I think that it's 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 heightened to a degree to shine a light on something like culturally, I think that Dave views himself as a pretty woke dude. Um, And I think in that episode, he is engaging with sincere, like homosexual urges in his brain. That's what I view it as. And I think that he thinks it's a big joke. That's what he's playing it off as in his head. But obviously, it surpasses any level of joking. And I think Benny Blanco has fewer uh, illusions about it. So when Gata's coming over, Dave is like, no, 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 we got got to stop. They're not going to be cool with the gay stuff. And Benny Blanco's like, what's the big deal? Like, I thought this is just what we were doing. Um, And I think that it's supposed to highlight a way in which Dave is inauthentic. I think that's really what the whole Mm -hmm. season is about. Like, he wants to engage in these indulgences, these romantic, flirty, sexual indulgences with this friend. And they have a lot of sexual chemistry, and it's working for the two of them. But then the moment that somebody... The moment that there's a threat that somebody might find out about that, and that's not part of Dave's image that he wants to project, he tries to bury it. I think oh. that's an ongoing theme through the season. I didn't
0: take it that way.
4: Nah. Well, clearly you didn't take <laughs> it.
3: That way. How, how, how'd you
4: take it? I'd like to hear your, your view on it.
0: Um, I think like when when the black guys show up, he knows that like culturally that's something different for us. And it's not something that he can articulate. And the EMT that was there was able to articulate it. So I don't think it was about him not wanting to accept that about himself, even though he like kind of verbalizes it. I think it's more about him not wanting to make them uncomfortable because he knows that like there's a cultural difference there. I mean, I'm not saying your read is wrong. I just didn't read it that way. I
2: I, I chimed in. I took it as... To be honest with you, as as a as a white guy who has a lot of non-white friends, I I've literally almost had a situation where I was in that position, but I was on team Gata. Like I was I was on that side, and you're coming into the room going, What the fuck are y'all doing? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's trying to expose, I think that's what it's trying to do. I think it's trying to expose like this is some shit that actually happens, and it's fucking weird and like there's always that's of showing. inherently
4: yeah. homophobic man that's like super homophobic yeah. what you're saying
3: I, I wouldn't say
2: it's homophobic i, I to would. me that would if if i saw if i saw two gay men doing gay things that that's fine um
4: but, uh, Look, you know I don't have a problem like, with black I people. I just uh, don't want them in my goddamn neighborhood. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's, that's what Corey's saying. I think that Corey's I don't
1: think that's what he's saying. All. It's, no, jarring. Like,
2: it's, it's jarring. jarring. it's jarring. It's yeah. jarring to see not i i don't think to see, it's not jarring to see homosexuality i have plenty of friends who are gay right i think it's it's jarring <laughs> i know right oh wow you <laughs> just did it.
0: all my uh, friends are black not my friends are gay
2: <laughs> what i'm saying is if you watch the episode of dave that situation is jarring because everybody in the room is supposed to essentially not be gay and i think that's what's jarring it's like what are y'all doing you're in my as far as i know you are not gay so what are you doing and so do we
1: do we have a definite read on benny blanco's sexuality like how do we we know how he identifies
0: i don't think we're supposed to in this case like i think he's just supposed to be super duper comfortable with himself right um while my shitty audio was cutting out like this is an interesting read from you, too, like, Chandler, because, like, I don't I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show, but, like, much like Corey, like, a shit ton of Chandler's friends are black, too. So, <laughs> like, so, like, I mean, I don't know. Just my, that was just really weird, and it got to a place where I was like, this is just disgusting. Like, not because they were doing homoerotic shit, just because they were being gross. And I was just like, ugh.
4: Can I follow up on? Um, wh- I see. I think I read it. I just read the whole thing differently than you guys did. Because I,
3: mm-hmm.
4: when when Geta and his friend—I forget who was the friend. Was I he? The, yeah, I don't know. He was the just, EMT, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So when they were coming over, you know, the the episode is building to this. Like, oh no, there's going to be this explosion, explosive confrontation because Benny won't chill. He's like got his pants down. Um, but then I thought that it was an interesting sort of subversion of, of what you expect to happen because Gator's kind of just like, whatever, dude. Yeah. This is what right. Dave does. And the EMT friend is nonplussed by the whole thing too. And in fact, he's more comfortable <laughs> like looking at Benny Blanco's asshole and vir- and, <laughs> uh, seeing recognizing that he's got a hemorrhoid problem. Right. Um, And I think that, again, for me, that highlighted that Dave just has this obsession with how people perceive him and and that he's trying to present something that's inauthentic to who he really is. And if that involves appropriating from one or more cultures, he doesn't really have a problem doing that because he's not self-aware enough to recognize that that's what's happening.
1: Hey, real quick, this, I would never normally never do this, but Skills is hitting me and he had a take on episode three, so I'm gonna chime him in real quick. Hold on. Skills, I'm letting you know you are on the Kind of Movie Critics pod right now, okay? And we're talking about, <laughs> turn that fucking music on. <laughs> what are you talking
3: about?
1: we talking about Dave and we were literally talking about episode three, and I was about to tell them the text message that you sent me. For episode three, would you care to just go ahead and chime in? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and let all of y'all know I ain't seen nothing
5: after episode three. That was it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh all wow! Y'all enjoy y'all' podcast. Uh, we'll talk when FX release another show that I can relate
3: to. And uh, and this is coming from somebody who loved the first season. Yeah. But episode three. Bye, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you,
1: you missed out on um one of the episodes. I want to say like episode nine or episode eight. Uh, Dave East was in it and they brought up the fact how both of them went to University of Richmond so I, I found myself saying to like damn Skills would have loved this episode but he, he he checked out of episode 3 <laughs> <laughs> enjoy your podcast hit me later bro. alright brother <laughs> All right, but I, but I right. think in, they said in, a,
2: in a strange way that's 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 exactly what the, the episode is talking about yeah. you know I mean it's You know, I, I whatever skills he can, he can not watch for all he wants. That's fine, but I think that's what it's trying to say is you know, show highlighting that aspect of black culture about music industry and all these things, all in one confrontation. You know, I mean, skills canceled the whole show.
1: He's canceled the the entire show because of that episode. And and what's interesting,
2: I mean, even that. So I watched the show from surgery recovery, and I was watching industry martin and yeah. the same in like 24 hours i saw an episode where a guy was doing coke out of someone's ass and, yeah. like, <laughs> and then i saw episode three of dave and it's like yeah like i we're not i'm i don't do drugs but i'm not doing any alcohol off your ass and right. and, and and i just that's just not something i want to do so, <laughs> the, right. the thing
0: that made me most uncomfortable was like benny like not respecting their boundaries. I did have to laugh though. When he was like, "If they were going to give you this much money to save your, f- I mean, no, they were like, if your f- whole family's going you know, to like being held at gunpoint. You have to suck somebody's dick. You wouldn't do it." He was like, "Fuck that! Everybody going to heaven." I busted out <laughs> laughing. <laughs> he was yeah. like, "Hell no! Everybody going to heaven." Uh, you know, you know what's great
1: though, hearing everybody's take because Chandler, I think you're you're bringing up something that I definitely didn't think about. Leazy, I think what your thought process is a little bit, you know, you, you and Corey are kind of like, I'm kind of like a hybrid of how both of you guys felt in addition to sort of having, you know, my own, t- like, I appreciated the idea that the conversation was being had because I think, you know, hyper masculinity is definitely something that seems to be attached to hip hop culture. Um, And, and, I I just love the idea that that conversation was being bought to it. And just to Chandler's point, the fact that it was sort of subverted on his head, where it's like, you know, Skills had like a very, a very defined binary reaction to it. And when I watched the episode, I wasn't disgusted. Like I wasn't, I was uncomfortable, but just uncomfortable just because like, yo, you really putting like your dick in his face like that's just
0: your balls are on his head like like, you're not acting right now right this is beyond
1: even if you're wearing the little ball skirt thingy that they put on actors (laughs) like like still like the weight of your balls are like on his (laughs) forehead you know so I, I found myself like uncomfortable just because of of that but you know if a guy was doing that to a girl I would be uncomfortable in that way too but I wasn't uncomfortable with the conversation and and I was proud of myself that I wasn't uncomfortable. You know, it, to me, it was just one of those defining moments for a lot of people. Like, where do you stand on the side of it? Um, and how do you feel about this certain thing? And for myself, it revealed to me that, like, oh, okay, I, I'm, so I'm not uncomfortable with this, with this material, you know. Um, I, I think just being entrenched into hip-hop culture or having grown up in the hip-hop culture, I think sometimes I've, I've, I've had those thoughts, like, damn, am I homophobic? You know, I've said things, you know, the F word was... Was very like rampant in the '90s, you know. I, I, I've said it plenty of times, but it was never in reference to sexuality, you know. But like, I just found I, I find myself at different points in life, especially as I get older, asking myself things like, "Am I, you know, am I homophobic? Am I chauvinistic, you know, or like, you know, what's the other word that they use for like guys, like?"
0: misogynistic
1: misogynistic there you go like i I find myself asking myself these questions so for me that was a moment of like i don't think i am you know this would it, you know so i was i was i appreciated the conversation for that and i love the way gator responded to it. i think it was authentic you know about where he stood with it but then it was also very fair like everybody had i think everybody was fair in that con- you know dave obviously you know um was, was the one that was trying to play with both sides, you know, which is what I appreciate what Chandler was saying. But everybody else seemed to be comfortable enough to at least have the conversation, and I thought that that was growth.
0: To firmly for, have an opinion, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's growth for the culture, as far as I'm concerned.
0: You know? I, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't know. I just, I kind of don't, I don't like gay jokes. Like, I don't like, that I'm gonna pretend to be gay because it's supposedly funny. I don't. I don't like that. That makes me. That makes me uncomfortable more so than seeing people, um, engage yeah. in homoerotic situations.
1: Right. I think that's what Corey was trying to say. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's that's basically what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And, it's,
0: and it and, and culturally, <laughs> like, it is a thing in Black culture and it is a thing in White culture, but the way it presents is different, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so. Um. Hmm. I, I mean I guess like you know Dion Cole making fun of his gay cousin in a way that's not like particularly homophobic him like saying like my cousin is gay but look at this cool shit he does is like one thing and then like I'm gonna pretend to be gay because it's funny it's, it's just not funny to me right? so that's where well, I was at
1: in, in terms of messaging do y'all feel how important do you guys feel like that episode was to the season in terms of like social messaging.
2: I think it's, I think it's important to the overall brand of, of the show and himself. You know, I mean, he chooses to pick these little things that he wants to, you know, I think it's down to the writers. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that he approaches hip hop and culture and relationships and behind the scenes, front of the scenes. I just think it's another, another cog in the wheel. You know, I mean, and he's also, at the end of the day, his brand has kind of been... I don't listen to his music. Apparently, it's a lot of dick dick jokes, you know? Uh, so if that's part of his music, then maybe he felt compelled to write that as because that's part of the culture of what he does, you know? Um, you I think it's important to the conversation of Dickie as a whole. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> you you, agree. I
3: agree. <laughs> you know what's
2: funny? Like, the,
1: the little bit of music of his that I've heard... I don't think he puts as much emphasis on his dick in the music than he does in the show. Like, he mentions it here and there, but it's like—correct it, me if I'm wrong, Martin. Man. I'm, I, I think like early
5: he on me. he did a lot more. A lot more. But as he grew as an artist, I think he—you could tell like he's a huge like Kanye mm-hmm. fan. Like he had the whole like flashback episode about Kanye mm-hmm. and how Kanye is so visual. I think he tries to be like Kanye in that like now all his stuff has to have like a visual component to it that he has to work really hard for.
2: One of the things I actually really like about both the show and both seasons, you don't actually hear a lot of music from him. Um, and I I actually think that's really, really done well. I bet you this show
1: does wonders for his streaming. Sorry to cut you off.
2: No, you're, you're, I bet it does. Um, but yeah, I love, I actually love that. And then I could tell with season two when he had writer's blog, I knew I was like, oh, you're, we're not going to hear anything for the whole season. I knew that. I was like, it's such a kind of stereotypical archetype, you know, story structure. But, um, yeah, I actually really enjoy that. It's like, you know, because a lot of musician based things, uh, you know, there's always the montage where they're making music in the booth, you know. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. So
2: it's like this one chooses to not go down that route um, and, well, and just show you a little bit more of the personal side.
5: Well, last season, um, I think he he kind of got to eat, have his cake and eat it too because a lot of his fans criticized him for like not putting out music in a timely manner or whatever. So he made jail, which is kind of like he made a music video and then cut it off halfway through, right? Or whatever, which was really cool. And at the end of the season, he had the um the feature song with Gator, mm-hmm. so you kind of got to hear that too. But I don't think you could find it anywhere on like Spotify or anything, right? So he is still making music, but it's like. For these small chunks or whatever,
1: yeah, he's 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 creating. He's definitely creating somewhat of a metaverse to some degree. Um, I think with his art, with his art, you know, there's just an intersectionality of like what's real with him and then what's just strictly the art. You know, I I find myself asking this question, and I want to know where you guys stand with this. Is Dave really this motherfucker, or is he just is he just using? Himself sort of the way Larry David is, right? Like, oh,
0: uh, that's what I was about to say. Like, he ha- this, this show has like curb energy with like white boy human on a humor on a thousand and with right. way more social messaging. And I had I found myself asking that same question,
1: yeah. Okay, so uh, so where do you stand with it? Like, do you think this is really this camp if this is him in real life and he's able to accurately portray himself? this way in real life, that's a whole nother level of narcissism to me.
0: Um, I think that this kid is exactly who his origin story and this season says he is. He's a marketing genius. Yes. And uh, I I think it's writing to some degree, but I think like he has some shit he has to get off and he uses himself. He does it at his own expense, I guess. Um, And I think to like, I don't know if it makes him a narcissist if he talks, if he's talking through his process of growth. Like, I don't know if that makes him a narcissist. If like, he's, he has like these hyperbolic uh, artistic portrayals of, you know, what he experienced. Like, I don't know if that makes him a narcissist, but like that's maybe just, maybe it's cathartic for him and he thinks it'll help someone. I don't fucking know.
1: It's wrapped in a narcissistic tortilla for sure.
0: Say more. Like what,
1: Whatever it is. I mean, because, um, all right, so let's take the advertising episode, for instance, right? Like, um, c- all right, centering himself. All right, first of all, let's start with the name. Let's start with the name, right? Like, like, um. No, let's not start with the name because he kind of he kind of he kind of subverted that. Okay, now that I'm now that I'm like actually not even really talking through it, but like thinking through it before I talk, I can see how I can see how it's not narcissistic to talk through your shit. But then I don't know, man. I don't know. I I, I think being able to step outside yourself and see yourself this way. <sighs> shit i, I mean think, maybe i think it's this um, is, this is like a christopher nolan movie man maybe
2: focus on <laughs> yeah. I, I mean the show is literally about a guy it's called dave it's about this guy named dave you know i i mean maybe i think your original question was is this really him yeah. you know and i mean I, I i hope so to be honest with you um yeah. the character that i that we've watched and you know they'll use that term loosely i mean i don't know it just seems like a more real person you know and and despite the flaws and the fault that you know you you do see and the things that you're noticing um i i hope it is real to be honest with you because i think i see a very a, a human being that's what i see when i watch this show and that's one of the things that i've really enjoyed about the show so far and i don't think you see that with a lot of rappers um or stars in general you know outside of even reality TV isn't real, you know. Like it's still kind of this thing, but like they've done a really good job of, I think, making this person seem like a real person. So if that is the real him, then I hope so. I hope so. You know? I mean,
5: I I think mm-hmm. it's the real him. Um, just because, like, I I think the first season, a lot of that stuff happened like years ago. Like uh, when he he talked on the Breakfast Club about having broken up with his girlfriend, which I guess what Ali is based off of. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the stuff he was going through, I think this season is more like pre, like save that money, and um, I forgot what other he. Oh, Chris Brown. This is pre those massive mega hit songs. So he's going through writer's block. So I think it's him, but I think he's probably grown as an artist past that point and just grown as a person. Mm. And he's kind of reflecting on the person he used to be.
1: Yeah, fuck. Yeah, you and Lizzie are saying the same thing. Yeah. I really
2: love what he, what he did with Allie. Um, the episode where he, where he made the song, he cried at the end and it was, it was great. You know, yeah, you, you see, I guess that's the whole point is that, you know, I think there's a lot of value in seeing a real person in a profession that you don't really see that a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's manufactured or not, that's, you know,
1: that's fine. I was kind of confused about that because in the first season we saw her lay vocals on that song, right? Like she, he was kind of, you know, they were sort of like singing in tandem. She was just sort of freestyling. and it was a really, really nice moment. And then when like she heard the song this season, it was almost like completely foreign to her. Did that? Did that kind of seem like a continuity
4: issue to you guys? Or I, I don't, don't think it's the, same
1: song.
0: It's, I think the it's, same song. it's
4: not the same song. It's similar. It's sort of a.
0: No, it was the same song. It's the same
4: beat. beat.
1: Yeah, yeah it's the same beat. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like okay, so the way that scene should have went to me was like, she, you know, ding, ding, you hear the chords, and you're like, oh, this is the one that we did the thing to. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's
0: what she was expecting to hear. What, and then like, then you see like when she realizes it's something else, she has a you know a paradigm shift.
4: Right. Can't, may I? I mean,
2: you, you may no. have a point too. I mean. Uh, I, I'd have to go back and listen, but I mean, he could have taken her off and, you know, the, one of the concepts of this show has been, you know, narcissism and his ability to kind of forget about his friends and the people that he came up with. I mean, it could be the exact same song and he took her out, you know, and to me, that would reinforce a lot of the messaging that you've been talking about. I just have to go and fact check it.
4: Mm. I just want to say, I think it's really interesting that you guys see this as like a reflection of who this guy really is. I, 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 I don't, I don't view art that way. I think that, I think there's a lot of real experience thrown into it, but I, I think that there's no way that, that this is, this, it's not a documentary and even documentaries are shaped by, you know, what footage you put in and how you cut it together. So I appreciate the authenticity. I think there's a lot of really sound writing and directing and performing that makes the show feel very authentic and real, but it's not real. I just think that's... Regardless of how accurately the character of Dave is written to resemble the real-life Dave Bird, it's not him. It's a This is a character. Uh, so I think any anything resembling like reality anything that that feels true is a testament to the creative talent going into the the product
1: yeah okay well first i'm gonna put the kibosh on the whole statement real quick okay because i think what you're like i'm gonna give you some pushback on on us
4: being sort of like Disillusioned by. I don't think you're disillusioned. I just, I, I think I subscribe more to like an auteur theory than, than you guys do.
0: I don't think that. I don't think that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think um,
4: Jesus Christ. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think he's definitely. I, you know, hold on, guys. <laughs> I gotta fucking cut this noose off my neck, real quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think the guy. If I had to say, if I had to say what I feel like his agenda is I think his agenda is to drive more curiosity about who he is. Correct. You know, um so Dave Bird is his real name. This motherfucker is really a rapper. He's he really was in advertising. He really did go to the University of Richmond. He really did. He really was on the Double XL cover. He really did rap at the Breakfast Club. Like we can't take everything that really happened and then say this is, you know, this is clearly just in everything in between work. isn't yeah, yeah this like it, i'm not saying that oh well maybe i completely misheard what well, you just said
0: I, I said that it was i said it was hyperbole so no i don't believe that this is like a documentary style like situation i think it's i think it's like hyperbole to tell you about like to illustrate the lessons that he's learned along the way but do i necessarily think that this is like everything we're seeing is him no I think I think it's like this, like heightened, exaggerated version of parts of who he might be.
4: I think what I'm saying is is very simpatico with what you're saying, Lizzie. I I think so like too. That's that was
0: my point in saying I don't think that's true. <laughs> I uh, think we I think we agree more than you yeah. than you think. I'm I'm not exactly saying what Terese said either, but I think that we're not far apart either.
4: I just think that there's there's lots of. Uh, Especially on television, there's a lot of um, funny men, funny white men, who do these semi-autobiographical projects. If you want it to be Louis C.K. or Pamela Adlon or Larry David. Um, And Pamela Adlon is a lady. I was about to Uh, say, I like how you used to ruin with the white men. (laughs) She is a lady. I mean, but even Eminem and uh, 8 Mile. you c- the more real life you infuse into something the better it's going to be the more true it's going to feel and if something's true then audiences are going to connect with it but i just think by nature of this being like a multi-million dollar production with like time spent you know framing shots and lighting and writing scripts and doing passes and take after take it's not authentic i just don't believe that work is real in that way i don't think that I don't think that film should ever be read as like, oh, this is real life, because it is artifice by nature. It's it's the illusion of reality. I mean, that's just what the medium is. That said, if you watch something and it feels so authentic and you can tell that someone poured their heart into it and their experiences and their, their true feelings, and especially their vulnerability, then that makes something better. It elevates it. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's how I read the show. So, so I I do think that it's real, but I don't think that it's real. Uh, right? Does that make no, sense? no.
1: Yeah, of course. So basically, you're saying it's a it's a fucking television show. Yeah, Chandler. We know. <laughs>
3: <You> know? <laughs> right.
4: but, but so I think. But then I would say the philosopher and me would say it's useless to ponder the question of whether this is the real Dave or whether it's a character. It's both.
3: Okay.
1: You want confuse your Confucius shit. I ain't mad at you. So uh, so. Uh, okay. So. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put it in. I'm just going to flat out say it. I think Dave is a genius, okay? I think Dave is a genius. I think, and, and so this is, this is a point to my narcissism wrapped in a fucking narcissism tortilla. I, I got one for you here, okay? You can never come out and say, you can never come out and say, I'm a fucking genius like Kanye West. You can never just come out and say that without it coming off as a certain thing. It, 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 am, am I fair in saying that? Like if yeah, d- but
0: but what did Kanye say about about him denying his own genius? What did he say? He said, "I'd be lying to myself as well as you for me to deny that." <laughs> so I'm like, "Well," eh, and I mean, wolf. and it's there's 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 different kinds of genius, right? When we say genius, we talk about like IQ, right? Like, right. and and everyone's kind of like, "Well, that makes you a genius for you to operate within a certain range on a bell curve of of." intelligence that can be measured his creative intelligence is off the charts yeah. and i would agree that so is dave's right that's, Maybe and that's even more <laughs> like because because unlike kanye like kanye is very like andy kaufman-esque in that he doesn't give a fuck if you laugh or if you get it as long as he gets it dave like will do that and then take it a step further to make sure that you do get it like there's never a point where you're not you're not in on the joke, Um, which to me is way better execution.
4: Right. Why do people think Kanye West is such a genius? Um, I was
2: going to raise, I I think I'm part of a minority group that I, I, I don't get it. I like Kanye. I'm going to preface that I like Kanye. Uh, 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 preface. He's gonna you say
0: preface. that word all, all the time incorrectly. <laughs> okay. Probably like great. four times on this show. We right. I'm not, not going to take it anymore. This all is right. a very
4: hostile episode. It's a very hostile
3: episode.
2: Um, I've never understood it. I, I, I mean, the man made music. He's a talented guy. He... Did what he needed to do, but like everything I've seen over the years is just another artist being an artist. Like yeah, he's agree. creative. I he's don't think crea- you
0: have an appreciation for what it takes to be able to create what he's created. Is what it sounds uh, like.
2: No, I I, I think oh, that, that's fair to say that I think when you get to a certain point, I think a lot of famous people get away with random things because they're famous. Uh, I, I think <laughs> you know you're you know, and that's where I think Kanye's been for a while. It's like. It's like I, I read a story that you know, somebody put a pair of glasses on the floor of like some famous art museum, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, this is so art. And it's like, no, he was he's messing with you. Like someone else is uh, another artist is messing with you. And it's I think there's just this perception of genius and this perception of art. and I, I've never quite understood the the Kanye fanboyness. That has come from it, and I, I'm—I don't want to get murdered by Kanye fanboys, but I—I I like his—I liked his music up until a couple of albums ago. Same. But at, at the end of the day, I, I'm just like—I just see an art—I see an eccentric artist being eccentric. i, I, I don't really get yeah. why you would classify him as a genius
0: because what he's been able to create is not commonplace amongst his peers. That's why.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, what
0: has he created? I'm talking about musically.
4: But like what? what is, I, and I'm legitimately asking as someone who doesn't interact much with his music, I did when I was younger, I liked his first few albums, um, but what does make him a creative genius in your eyes? And I'm legitimately asking, I obviously don't agree with it, but I do want to really know because I just don't understand.
0: The same thing that, so we're talking about creative intelligence and where it exists on a bell curve, right? There are lots and lots of people that do what he does, but not everyone does it as well as he does. Does that mean that no one else is a creative genius and he's the only one forever and ever, amen? No, I think mm-hmm. Pharrell is also a creative genius, mm-hmm. but that's what makes him a creative genius. His intelligence within a certain space and his ability to perform at an elevated level, the same way that your uh, scholastic aptitude can be at a certain place and your ability to solve and create um solve codes create problems those things measure your intelligence quotient there it's the same thing with creativity Mm -hmm. there are filmmakers who are geniuses um that operate in a certain space that is beyond a level where someone else is able to get there that's what i'm saying Mm -hmm. does that mean that you have to have an appreciation for what he's created no it doesn't Corey clearly doesn't Agree, but, but I I see,
2: like his music. I'm not saying that I, the man doesn't make good music. I, I, I didn't it, say
0: you know, that you said see, that. Yeah, I also but, said I stopped listening a few albums ago. Yeah, I did too.
2: <laughs> I definitely Christ. stopped listening. <laughs> I I just it's like wow, an artist made music. That's a, a good artist made music. Like there's a lot of good filmmakers who make good films, and some of them are really good. And and I I don't know. What did the the poet Jadake say? There's is there's, well, there's <laughs> there's a there's someone as good as Jordan but yeah. they they they're not you He's know a nigga
3: as good as Jordan
2: there you go what he said <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like I'm like it's you're famous so of course people love everything you know not love everything so I I, I don't know well, I, I, I've just always been a little torn on the whole Kanye I'll take it a it step further genius, to
1: though. me I don't really consider when I talk about his genius it's not even in a musical sense I don't think musically I don't think I I, I I enjoy Pharrell's music better. I think that was a. I to do too. Me, to me, I would I would say Pharrell's a musical genius. I wouldn't put I wouldn't say Kanye's a musical genius. To me, his genius lies in the genius of the psychology of culture. You know what I mean? Like like and it, the same place that I think Dave is like sort of um, just uh, blurring the line between entertainment real life and then using that to like using that to galvanize progress to some degree and I'm it's putting the progress experience in
0: experience that he's created.
1: And ex- he's there you go. I think I think Kanye's the guy that you bring in to make improvements on things that people think can't be improved. You know, and 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 he has like a very deconstructive mentality to things where it's like he doesn't mind challenging systems that already exist and then Giving, creating an aesthetic around it. Like to me, his genius lies in creating the ex- the aesthetic, which does go into the experience. Yes, and and I and I think I think people like I think people like Elon Musk are like this. I think people like, um, like, you know, when you talk about filmmakers, I think people like Kubrick are like this. You know, I think there's just people that just understand. How to move things on a very molecular level, and they and then and then they execute that, and I think that takes a whole nother level. You know, I mean, everybody here to some degree is is adjacent to artistic ability, right? Like, you know, you you know, uh, Chandler, you work in news, so you know what it takes for like, you know, crews of people to to make things happen. And Corey, you're fresh off an Emmy. Martin, I know, you know, you're in the filmmaking. You know, Lizzie, you write like understanding that like getting a lot of people to move to the same beat is is very hard to do right like it's it's very hard to do to i think to galvanize a j- just like people from all different sort of walks of life and move them into one you know into one direction you know and i think there's a certain level there, there's a certain level of understanding about human nature that you have to have in order to get people to follow you whether you're a cult leader or you know whether you're Peter Popoff shout out to Nas's new album you know what i mean like there's a genius to that and, and think, whether that genius is you know the efficacy of that genius level i don't
4: i don't i don't want to debate that but it's it's real i think it's interesting that you bring up the cult leader thing because i was going to say earlier and then i decided not to but now i'm deciding mm-hmm. to say it yeah, uh, I just think Kanye West is a the brand that he is is a cult of personality bent or built around the concept of untreated mental illness, and I don't see any value in that for society. Mm. I mean, that's a. I, I think that's a. I think that's a fair take. I mean, and that's time that's tell. not taking his music into consideration.
0: I don't. I don't think that that is fair. Um, Mm. although I do agree that a lot of what we see is, uh, demonstrative and not performative in terms of mental illness, um, I don't think that people are unaware that that's what's happening. Um, so in the same way that you're saying, um, uh, that it doesn't take like you're not trying to take any away from his cre- anything away from his creative ability I honestly think that it doesn't
4: but the, I, I the think the
0: stuff that's like the stuff that's like on the peripheral how I don't know how to explain this but like Kanye is beloved right there's a reason that he's not canceled there's a reason that um, people are still showing up to see what he creates I think I it's
4: curiosity. Think, it's morbid curiosity. Oh,
0: it's it's definitely curiosity, but at the same time, I don't think any of these people are showing up not understanding that he's ill. I don't and I what, don't think I don't I, think so
4: either. I agree with you, but I would I would argue that the <laughs> the morbid obsession with us all watching this man who needs like help with his mental health i think that that has elevated the attention that his music gets i think they it's this they they're like it, one one rises like he does something crazy and then his music's more interesting and then he comes out with a new album and then he does something crazy and it's and it, for the i realize i'm doing a visual metaphor and this is a podcast <laughs> but <laughs> for people at home i'm just i'm climbing i'm st- stepping like a like a ladder and i think with that that's same. what it is What I don't
0: I don't I don't disagree that that's a thing. Like everyone wants to see things that they don't think that they should see, like watching people fight and watching people fuck. People will do that, but uh, you know, a train wreck, an accident, like you can't look away. I can't speak for anyone else, but like I don't get any enjoyment out of seeing him spiral. I do desperately want him to get the help that he needs. But my love for Kanye is is strictly based on his ability to create. And when when this nigga made like homeless people fashion, I was like, "Yo, you fucking tripping," mm-hmm. but but that to like you said, it doesn't take away from his creative ability. When he's out here saying what he's saying about politics, like. I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. But then he has music coming out and I'm like, okay, what do you, what have you made? What have you, what have you created? I'm still interested in that. I'm still interested in the parts of him that I find valuable. Hmm. Do I think there's value in like ignoring the other part of what's going on with him? No. Hmm. I don't think there's value in that. But I don't think that that makes me like part of a cult. That's like, what's this crazy nigga going to do? Like, that's not at all how I'm experiencing him. Like, he's beloved and I think that in the culture, it's like weird. Like um, in the culture, I think that like, when you are experiencing what he's experiencing, that's when you need to rally around him the most. Um, But you know, in general, when people are behaving that way, we kind of like turn away from them Um, as as a culture at large. So like, I don't know. Kanye's beloved. I'ma fuck with Kanye as long as he's making shit I like. <laughs> so, yeah. which is not an entire album for a while, but Kanye is still making shit I like.
1: Well, the steer is back to Dave <laughs> because this- <laughs> Dave has never
0: yeah. made shit that I like. But I'm but I'm watching him because this one medium of creativity, his music, like I'm just not fucking interested in. And Besides a mm-hmm. little cute Chris Brown song, like I don't give a fuck about Lil Dicky. I don't give a fuck about this. Weird Al Yankovic dick joke rapper that he's created over here. I'm way more interested in this medium of storytelling um, and the themes that he wants to explore on this television show than I, I'm i never listening to this motherfucker's music. Like, I don't care.
1: Well, has Has anything from this show generated a stream from you? No. In, into his music?
0: Okay. No. I okay. Like, I... Now, now, Google does that search. mean that, no, I don't give a fuck. Like, okay. I will say this, though, like, when, I, when I'm, I was interested in the show once, like, Martin told me to watch it. Like, Martin is the reason I watched any of the first season of Dave, because FX kept trying to make, like, Hulu, I know that because I watch Atlanta, like, Hulu's like, bitch, you finna like this, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about this cultural appropriator. But I'm glad that I am watching, because, you know. It is the medium that I want to consume him in. I don't I don't give a fuck about. It. Do I think he can rap? Yes. But like I don't no, I'm good.
1: Yeah, see see his self-awareness is it's just to understand the psychology that like in order for people to totally even be interested in me, I mm-hmm. think I have to have this microphone. This microphone has to be this, you know, it needs to be a wireless microphone. I need to be you know, for him to have that awareness that like how his message connects to me is is is, is brilliant you right like um you know and, and, and kind of steering back to my point for him he totally feels like he's 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 as prolific as Kanye he totally feels that way and he's totally smart enough to know that he just can't say that on Twitter he just can't come out and say that in in, in an interview so he creates an episode where he plants that into our brains you know it's he it's kind of like inception, inception. <laughs> yeah, exactly this guy's fucking the christopher nolan of rap music man like you know and and he absolutely has he, implanted that to the point where season three kanye has to show up right like that's the only way to reconcile this whole thing into sort of like this is the the what, what were the three things in the prestige the 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 turn the what were the three things? I can't they remember. Turn the prestige and something Well, else, the or... prestige was the last, yeah, one, the last clearly, one. Yeah, the last one. Clearly, right, right. So, yeah. so the, the prestige now is like Kanye has to show up in but, season three. The, the way he showed up in fucking.
3: I don't, and, I, I I don't know though
1: because um, my little
2: bit of connection to the music industry, it a lot of people, a lot of the younger generation really looks up to him. You know, I mean, I I don't think he's the first rapper to ever like want to be like Kanye. You know, I mean, I think, I think Kanye's brand in itself really lends itself to young up and coming rappers, you know, who are a little different and making it, you know, not the nineties where it was more, you know, kind of the struggle hip hop, you know, and uh Biggie, Jay-Z selling drugs and all that fun stuff. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I think that's what Kanye represents to a large amount of young rappers. So, I mean... I, it's cliche as hell, but if he didn't say he was influenced by Kanye, it'd be kind of odd. But, I, I don't know. I think no. it's... I think this a bigger comparison.
1: Yeah. I don't think he's yeah. just saying he's influenced by Kanye. I think what yeah. he's planted is I am like... When it comes to building an aesthetic and an experience, you have to put me in the same conversation as Kanye. Like, Travis Scott is motivated by... Like, he looks up to Kanye, yeah. right? So he does yeah. these things, and it's not in a full-blown comparison to... To Kanye, Travis Scott is yeah. just doing the 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 him that was inspired by Kanye and Kid Cudi mm-hmm. and shit like yeah. that. Dave yeah. is not doing that. Dave doesn't make Kanye music, right? Dave okay. is just saying that like the way that you guys speak about this guy in culture, I'm going to show you that I am absolutely worthy of that, you know. And and mm. and I, I just think he, I think he's the I think he's the only he's the only person that I, I can gather and. Like I'm trying to run through my, my mental rolodex. Who is making a full-on comparison without making the comparison? He's he's kind of metaphoring himself here, you know. What I'm saying? like, yeah. or or is it a simile? Is it a? Simile? I mean, side note: it's a are metaphor.
2: You, you're okay. you're also talking about the the Rick Rubin episode where he's
0: now. Did, did that really? Ha- did he
2: really work with Rick Rubin? Does anybody see, know see? that? That question
1: right there is the yeah. genius. I'm it's never going to give a, a fuck because
0: that wasn't the point.
2: Well, I point. i mean, Rick Rubin, you know, a lot of people kind of sometimes say working with Rick Rubin is it's a it's a defining moment for a lot of artists, right. you know, that it, it it's a big deal. So, I mean, I, I, I would I would actually like to know if that's if that's true. You know, I mean, Rick Rubin is uh, dope a, in his own way.
1: That's so. a good question. I mean, yeah, that's that's a, I wouldn't be surprised. What? I think that would be I think that would I think that would be a natural connection. Right. Just because mm-hmm. of like. Um, you know what Rick Rubin is to the culture. I feel like he's one Correct. of the vanguards that like a lot of people just need to sort of pass through and to and to have that experience with him because he is one of the vanguards of the culture, in my opinion. You know, in I'm terms
0: saying? of of, of hip hop growing into what it is today, you cannot have that conversation without Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin. Like Period. you cannot have that conversation. Yeah. We can talk about the birth of hip hop and what that looked like, and you know, on the in the club scene, but in terms of hip-hop being incorporated into popular culture when mm-hmm. hip-hop became popular culture you cannot have that conversation without talking about those two right. people
1: and it's fucking ge- again just to, i'm gonna throw this genius word out fucking loosely as shit he did a whole episode about rick rubin and never showed us fucking rick rubin man like what th- did, was that that
2: was him at the with- end I know, I know, I know. I don't. I I <laughs> you know, I I, this is
5: insane.
2: <coughs> if if it wasn't literally him, it was someone to represent him. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, from a biff acting whiff. production. <laughs> well, from a from a production standpoint, when I saw it, looked like Rick Rubin, and I, I'm assuming that's what. So whether Rick Rubin filmed the cameo or not is up.
1: You know, is always up for debate. But. So did anybody IMDb Biff with?
0: I started to, and I decided not to like ruin it for myself.
1: Did you, Chandler? Did you? Yeah, IMDb I looked him up.
4: That's his real name.
1: Fucking genius,
4: this guy Dicky. This guy
1: Dicky just brought awareness to a whole other person that was fucking that we that he was confusing with Rick Rubin, who he never showed us in the episode, but he just introduced the world to Biff. You see it? up, I don't know, man. I find I find extreme like. That shit is. I hope I could create something in my lifetime that does what Dave is doing. Is what I'm trying to say.
2: I, I, the Rick Rubin episode was really dope. Um, even the the talking to himself in the end, you know the the interpretation of of everything that he was going through. Uh,
0: I didn't like his penis diaper. It made me uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the whole What's the whole ant eater thing? The there's like an ant eater motif. I mean, it's used in the it's used in the marketing of the season with. You know the cover of the whole season is him holding an ant eater, where's and the beat coming out where his dick is at. Um, You know the ants popped up in episode two, and it seems like the ants are kind of the thing that threw off the creative shift and sort of started the spiral of everything. Like, what are what is the ant and what is the ant eater in in the in this season?
0: I think that you are reading into that and the way that it's possibly intended but like i think an anteater is an extension of a dick joke they're very phallic
1: that's what martin said
0: that's what you said for real martin
1: yeah i was like it's just a dick joke high
0: five
1: (laughs) it was it was off mic do you you have any additional read into that chandler because you're on an insightful role
4: this episode and I love i feel like i'm I'm probably going to get killed after this episode comes out. I've been extremely unpopular takes. No, but, uh,
0: This I is like why them. you need to come have a drink with us sometimes and not take it so seriously, friend. <laughs> yeah,
2: hey, listen,
4: I, my, my reputation is in a dumpster. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right, I'm living the dream. Corey, so. <laughs> I'm sorry I flagged you as homophobic. Uh, it's fine. I, plead, but I yeah, It's okay. Um, I'm not homophobic, by the way. You're not. You're not. I know that for a fact.
0: He really does have gay friends. Based on things that
4: we've done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, tell us more, Chuck. (laughs) You see, this is what the episode is trying
0: to expose. This is the
2: podcast version of it. So So y'all, wait,
0: wait, wait. So y'all have like secret white boy time without us. Like, is that what we're finding out here? Yeah, Chuck.
4: I'll never tell. I'll never tell. Never tell. I mean, if the ants are introduced early on as a a metaphor for the this sort of issues that are that are taking up the valuable space in in dave's mind right like he he can't focus he's distracted he's he's obsessed he's feeling antsy that's a good pun huh <laughs>
1: um
4: but yeah i mean if the the ants are introduced early on as sort of a embodiment of his his writer's block and and his uh struggles trying to maintain this high standard that he set for himself so I guess the anteater that he sees, I look the whole Rick Rubin episode is to carry on the Joseph Campbell thing. I was going with earlier and, you know, to graph that onto star Wars, you know, it's we're in the empire strikes back and this is Luke going into the cave, right? Mm -hmm. So the anteater represents the answer to his problems that he's looking for. And like Luke Skywalker, he makes a lot of critical mistakes in trying to solve the problems that he gets himself into because he doesn't really approach it the right way. Um, I would, I think that I expected this season to have a really dark ending. I was surprised that it, that it didn't. Um, But I think that that's more because we're dealing with, like, a season of television that you want to be satisfying at the end, right? You want there to be some sort of catharsis. Not that all of Dave's problems are solved at the end. They're not. Um, But this episode is all – or this whole season is just about Dave, you know, suffering the consequences of his his overinflated ego. Every episode explores it in a different way. And so – I actually didn't think about the anteater thing until you asked the question, Treasy. But now I now I'm like I want to go watch the whole season again and like look at it through that lens. I think that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think there's something there. I mean, I, I think I think you know just judging by how much care he's taken with this entire show, I, I don't believe there that that was in a vacuum. You know, I, th- I think that there was a purpose to that. Oh, um, what was you guys'
5: favorite episode of the
1: season? I really like the fucking Doja Cat episode, bro. I did too. Yeah, I really like the Doja Cat episode. I, I, to me, it's a toss-up between the Doja Cat episode, the ad episode, and then the the one about his parents. Like that three that three fucking track run right there was like, they, 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 that was a good that was a good hard three for me to choose from.
0: I I love the one about his parents. Oh
4: man! Yeah, that was great. Really? I, I
2: I too also enjoyed it. I'm I'm looking up. Sometimes I need some. Some reminding, so I gotta look up. Sure, I totally forgot about the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar episode.
0: That was fucking <laughs> yeah, cool that was, too. That was good. That was good,
1: and and that's a nice nod to Philly, him being from you know the Philly and shit.
2: The the bar mitzvah episode that was that was humorous. Mm-hmm.
0: So my uh, thing is, I have a question: Do do people actually realize like how intelligent Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, and like? his level of like creative pursuit for writing, do niggas realize that he has written a whole novel about Mycroft Holmes and the Sherlock Holmes universe? Like, do people know this about him? <laughs> like I
3: don't
0: I don't feel like the normal like a, an average person has an appreciation for like how much of a thinker he is. Yeah. So his ability to be in this situation and laugh at himself, um, you know, the way he shows up in like airplane, like in the seventies, right? So I got I, I kind of forgot that he was that guy. And then, like, oh, wait a minute. Now he's, like, doing an episode of Dave. Like, I, I liked it from that perspective of, like, he's still not taking himself. He, he is this serious thinker, but he's not taking himself so seriously that he doesn't give us the chance to laugh with him. I he's thought a good actor.
4: Cool. I think he's he's compelling and it has really good comedic timing on camera.
3: Very
0: much. Have you ever seen much. Airplane?
4: Yeah, he has got delivers a great performance in it.
0: I mean, uh, t- almost as good as OJ in Naked Gun.
4: No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like Nordberg. Fuck y'all.
4: Uh, yo, I, I loved
1: OJ in the movies. Yeah. Funny. He's, he's <laughs> funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay, how many <laughs> niggas he killed? <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. OJ did. It. Sorry. All right. Oh, man. Um, Dark. Well, well, I'm the only one that said my favorite episodes. What else? Did, who else thought?
5: Uh, admin was my favorite episode Just yeah as, I, I, after I, reviewing I, like, admin yeah, was good you, you got to see emma get kind of her own like story in her own episode where she didn't really get it like yeah. last last season it was basically about her and taco hooking up
3: right
5: um but this season she got they like you got a few moments to see her life like especially it wasn't in that episode but the episode where she was driving and she almost hits the dude and she runs after him. Yeah. I thought that was like a really dope moment. That too. was a great moment. So yeah. I I hope Santino gets his own episode next, next season. Cause he didn't really get that much to, to do this season. Yeah. Talk
1: about comedic timing. That Santino guy is hilarious, man. He's, like,
4: he's so good. And, he, and he's also got, I don't know, he gets a lot more like uh dramatic scenes this season and, I, I'm I'm just very impressed by like how much invested I am in in all these characters and their relationships to one another. Like it yeah. really it really breaks my heart that he like has decided to you know essentially like break up with Dave and, and like he he's not telling him yet. Like that that hanging thread is like is such a compelling reason for me to come back for season three.
5: Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. I was yeah. laughing
5: when he showed up with the black hair on the um, <laughs> yeah, <that was> awesome. <laughs> on the Rubin episode. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that was so
4: funny with yeah, the man. james bond jacket on yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: <laughs> i when 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 he was literally eating off gator i was just like yo oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but i mean like that was like if we're gonna talk about cultural appropriation without actually talking about cultural appropriation like literally yeah. i will eating off this nigga <laughs> this, listen
1: this guy's good with his metaphors man which which sort of rewraps itself into why i pre, pro- like his artistry at, as a rapper you know like he this guy this guy's he thinks on a very high level constantly he's probably no fun to be around to be honest oh probably
0: is, not
1: yeah he's probably no fun to be around because everything has to like connect to something and you know he can never just have a drink and just chill
0: so when but, he, go ahead
1: but yeah, but no, but in this format here, I, I could do pause. I could do day all well day. You
0: know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. You know what I was thinking, though? Like, um, in terms of, like, when you were saying, like, he's he has to be in the Kanye conversation, like, the uh, beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, like, the runaway video, right? Which is, like, the visual album that we didn't realize we were getting until we started watching it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so this is his Lindelof moment, like, where he just, he's like, I'm full on going weird. But in a way that Lindelof in the past, like watching the leftovers, it's just like, we're just going to go over here and be weird. I feel like Dave did a better job of like not losing me. I was never confused about what was happening at any yeah. point. I never got lost in the metaphor, which I don't like that. I don't like when something like tries to be smarter than its audience. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. He, yeah. He, Yeah
3: yeah (laughs) yeah penis Penis. yeah
1: yeah i'm sorry
0: like it's a monster penis penis yeah
1: Um, What what did y'all
5: think of that cameos because me when before the show even came out he did this thing where you know like a lot of rappers do i know kanye just did it where he'll list like all the all the guests that are gonna be on his album or whatever, but he did that with the show. And I kind of didn't like that because the first season, everything was like a surprise.
3: Mm. Like when <laughs> Young Thug
5: showed up, it was like a surprise. It's like, oh, that's Young Thug or whatever. Right. And same with like a bunch of rappers. But here I think he he um introduced them and it flowed like really well because you didn't, it didn't, it was never a moment where it took me out of the story and seeing any like what,
1: seeing, young like, Young Thug was this season no. though. Yeah, was, it, he was,
5: yeah, in, this,
1: he was, he was in, in last season too, though. Oh, because he was at the club with Kyle Kuzma, I thought, right?
5: He might have been. Yeah. I know last season he was like smoking or something in
1: like a like a art party or something like that. I thought that was this season.
4: Nah, I think that was last season. Okay, so that's
1: what I was talking about. Never mind. My
4: Who's bad. the rapper who like they like watch his little brother for a day?
1: Uh, that was Trippy Red. Trippy Red. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Trippy. Yeah, Red. That was last,
4: yeah, season. last season. I thought he yeah. was funny.
1: But so, just to kind of give you my take on that, Martin, I like it because I never know. I think it's less about who's going to be in it and more about how he's using them in it. You know what I'm saying? Like because you know, like if he okay, knowing Doja Cat was in there, I would have thought she would have been way more of a character. Like we got a very like trimmed down, realistic version of what Doja Cat probably is in real life. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like, bitch, I'm a cow. I mean, they, you know, Ray they,
5: Sherman would kind of like, the, they kind of like the characters you think they will be basically in real life. They but were. Dozier, you got to see her inside life how she really is. Right,
1: right. And, you know, so I appreciate that about it, like, because it is something to look forward to, you know, I mean, Lil Yachty was used the way that you would think Lil Yachty would be
5: used. Yeah, Davies is pretty much Davies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's, still, but it's yeah. in the context, like, he just made it work, right? He just made it, like, relevant to and very adjacent to real life, you know, that double XL cover was a real thing. Yeah. You know, Davies was really on that. Lil Yachty was really on that one. Like, So the way he's just able to incorporate real life into it. Yeah. He's just, he's got a whole information metaverse highway thing going on here. I don't know.
4: I don't know. When's a good time to point this out. So I'll just do it now. Um, yeah. Have you, have any of you guys seen a uh, honey boy that Shia LaBeouf movie?
1: Oh, yes. yeah, I loved
4: Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. So the 10th episode of this season, the finale, is is directed by the same woman, uh, Alma Harrell.
1: Oh, that's right. And I think
4: it's an interesting comparison since both works are very, like, introspective, semi-autobiography sort of things. Right.
1: Very intentional, mm. this guy, this dicky guy. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay. I, I, how did everyone feel about... The finale. I, I, I would lead with my thoughts and say that I Gata is my favorite character on the show. Um, yeah. I think when I decided I really loved the show was the episode where we explore his bipolar disorder in the first season. Mm-hmm. Like, I found that very emotionally moving, and I think about it a lot just in my day to day life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was really happy to see another episode like really focus on. Dave and Gato, I think, though, I did kind of feel like we wrapped it up super quick at the end. And I, like, wasn't even sure if it was literally happening. Like, if Gato was actually on stage with him, just because it felt so quick.
2: Right.
4: And, I, and yeah, ahead, please. No, please. I, it, it felt like
2: the finale that shows get when they don't know if they're getting picked up for a third.
0: Same. Mm
3: it, 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 it was very
0: tight it was very tidy in that like we don't want to leave our audience hanging if this right. doesn't work I will say this I appreciated that in that episode I personally did not think that in this particular episode that Gator was ramping up for having a manic episode I think that he was actually reacting with a lot of hurt about how he was being treated by people he cares about and who he perceives to actually care about him. Um, And so it was interesting to me that his mother, knowing that she hurt him, then says, is dismissive and says like, you're crazy. And like, I'm going to send your friend to check on you because you're nuts. Not understanding that, no, you hurt him. And he's upset like a normal person would be in reacting that way.
4: I wouldn't let Gatiss co-sign my mortgage. I I would (laughs) not either. But I don't think
0: think he was upset. I think he was hurt by that. But I also think, like, that's hard to hear. Regardless of, like, whether you accept that you have problems or not, it's hard to hear that someone perceives you as incapable. And then, like, to take it a step further, she didn't even have the conversation with him. She did it and then, like, casually mentioned it like it wasn't a big deal, like... Right. And that was hurtful to him. And then her reaction to having hurt him was not to try to comfort him or to or to apologize even to him. It was to go this nigga crazy. Well, no, go, she was trying to
1: she him. she was trying to reach him and she couldn't reach him. You know what I'm saying? He so was like, mad
0: at her. Like when people are mad at you, they don't want to fucking talk to you. Like Yeah, but you can't. It, it be was mad very at a, no, it, You it can't be very, mad at
1: a mother that whose son is on medication that's not responding to her. I'm
0: not I'm not saying that I'm not saying I'm mad at the mother. What I'm saying is her response was, you was dismissive. You're, cr- you're crazy. You're ramping up for an episode. She never said to, to Dave, like, you know, we had a very tense interaction and I probably hurt his feelings. She's just like, well, you know, he's bipolar. So he's doing his bipolar thing. And I honestly don't think that that was what was happening. Like, I, I he was just with grappling you. with hurt.
3: Yeah.
2: And I think there's, there's a bigger theme to, you know, Tracy talked about the narcissistic thing, but like, you know, the whole season I, I'd be curious to meet someone in the music industry that like your entire livelihood is built on a person who all of a sudden is like, I can't make music anymore. I I have, I have, I, I have writer's block. Like all these people are depending on you to make a living and it didn't seem like Dave cared, you know, like Dave, I I know maybe deep down, he cares, but at the same time, like you look at his manager, his manager is clearly leaving or going to pursue other alternatives. And I think a lot of that stems from that. It's like, you don't care that all these people depend on you and it, it, you know, but in the same time, they don't really care that his artistic, you know, you know vibes are not happening but i i i think that's got that's a tough conversation i think that's a tough conversation to be to be dependent upon someone who all of a sudden can't do their job you know
1: i don't know to me that's why it was the perfect ending because what we saw him do was go on tour you know something that he to delaware specifically right Mm -hmm. like we saw you know when we heard him talk about how, you know, fuck Delaware, basically, you know, which to me was sort of an inside joke just based on the geography of Pennsylvania and Delaware um was, was somewhat of an inside joke, but that's me reading way too far. But so the decision that he made basically was to fucking, you know, get out of your bullshit because I'm recording in my mama's, Closet, right? So get exactly. so get out of your bullshit. Record some fucking music so we can make some money. So yeah. we can so 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 these people that depend on you can have an income, and that's the decision that he made. You know, he he just that's that's
2: what I took from that. Is like I'm I got to make sure I'm good no matter what. I mean, he was making a video, you know, he make you know records in the bathroom or whatever. And yeah, I mean it's. It's like get your shit together, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I think they all respect artistic talent mm-hmm. and artistic abilities, but get your shit together and go make some goddamn music.
0: That was <laughs> like know? a function of of privilege for him to judge the decisions that Gator was making, trying to make sure that he was good. Right. Yeah. And Dave was making equally stupid decisions because he's right. like. Well, I gave you this money and you went and, and bought, a, what, a BMW or whatever? Right. Yeah. Okay, the label gave you a house to live in and you had this all this time to spend with Benny Blanco and you put right. gum up his ass. Like, you didn't actually make yeah. anything. So, like, it it was just, I mean, like, to me, that's what I was saying, the exploration of privilege, how, like, all of us can make bad decisions at any state, stage of our life, but we can still sit in a position to go, like, this person who's less privileged than me, like, look at them squandering what the fuck they have going on. Whole time, Gator's like, "No, I'm over here grinding, nigga." And what you actually see him doing is, in any situation where he's uncomfortable or not, is him trying to maximize that fucking opportunity, right? Um, and it was just a great juxtaposition to yeah. see, like, um, how they were navigating difficulty. Right.
1: They were. Yeah, they I mean, were the the analogy I would say is they were the same song in a different octave. You know. I'm saying that's how i would say that come on man am i wrong hey, chandler as the resident
0: music I, guy
4: was that a was that a bad analogy come no. on give it to me baby hey man it was cool man it was awesome thanks I mean, Chuck. they're you know, like poetry too.
0: they rhyme uh, the thing
3: i noticed
4: too is you know
2: when he, nice. when he got kicked off the label you know the first scene they show you is he's going back home you know what i mean it's like there's this cushion yeah that you always are gonna mm. have you know and i think that's a lot of what you know. It's a whole bunch of things that culminate you know that you you have privilege in a sense, and I don't think Dave is purposefully trying to throw any of that down anyone's throat, but at mm-hmm. the same time that's the life he lives and not under not you know blinding yourself to others' lack of privilege you know or lack of whatever mm-hmm. it is that you contain
0: so. he's yeah. so neurotic about his level of self-awareness in any given situation. So he's just like, blah, 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 blah. I'm just vomiting things out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And as I'm saying these things, I'm also analyzing them with some degree of self-awareness and just kind of like spiraling into this this awful situation. It just devolves because he can't, he can't temper his anxiousness mm. um, with the self-awareness he lets he he. they kind of are competing with each other now i'm doing the fucking stair step thing with my hands So yeah <laughs> hey, so they're, i just, they're kind I just of,
2: put i just did one of these uh, yeah, you know, yeah yeah, yeah. And no so, one no one saw
0: it no one saw it um he they're they're constantly competing with each other which in, in, interestingly enough i have found myself doing in conversation but <laughs> um like but at the same time thinks of himself as self-aware while while simultaneously being incredibly not self-aware he's
4: somebody who is (laughs) he he expects everyone's life to revolve around him and he expects everybody to put up with his idiosyncrasies while having no tolerance for anyone else's idiosyncrasies or outside lives
3: right
0: and he doesn't
4: understand that
0: which is why when his mom fucking snapped on him i was like bitch yes yeah Yeah. and and when she (laughs) when she was yelling at his dad like turn on your fucking phone like i have wanted to scream that at both of them well my mom mostly not my dad because my dad needs his phone but like i have wanted to scream that at my mother like sorry mom if i know you're not listening to this shit but like what the fuck is the point of having a cell phone if you turn the bitch off like Mm yeah
1: i don't know i'm that guy like i you know i answer this shit when i want to Bottom
0: line <laughs> answering get, the shit when you want to is completely different from turning the fucker off oh
3: <laughs> true true true, true.
0: <laughs> like yeah, so that's if, an old people thing like my my mom my mom has gotten better but like literally she would turn the phone on to make a call and then turn the bitch back off and i'm yeah, like what the fuck crazy. do you have it for
1: yeah but so real quick just to kind of like build off of what you guys are saying one of to me one of the one of my favorite moments this season was when uh in see in episode two, when he was mad about the ants, right? And he was like, we're gonna go up there, I'm gonna, you know, fucking bring this to the label. Yada, yada. Like he was like charged up to bring this shit to the label. And then, you know, he sits down with the new head of the label, who's a black woman. And then he's like, yeah, there's fucking ants in the house and that's a problem it needs to be fixed. And she's like, oh yeah, I totally agree. And he wasn't expecting that. And then he just like leaned back in his chair <laughs> and crossed his legs, like, "Oh, I have an ally, and she totally gets me, and I have nothing else." To, say. to me, that was that was a really really funny moment, but um, but said a lot, you know, just said a lot social. Um, I think in,
4: the part in, in of the change opinion. that Dave goes through in the season, and I guess if you if the finale feels like incomplete, which is kind of how I feel about it, just a little bit, mm-hmm. I think that Dave finally every time he's confronted this season, which he is by like every supporting cast member at some point, they call him out on his issues. He always deflects blame and he's very quick to be like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I'm in this, What do you, I I, I, I got to write an album. He just turns it back on himself. Like he's the victim. Mm-hmm. And finally, when Gata snaps on him, Gata, who's been, maybe his most loyal ally. He realizes that he he's the one who has the power to, to help Gata. He can't deflect blame because as Gata points out, like that's all everyone's out here struggling and he's he's you know being fed by a silver spoon and and is still complaining. And so I I think that it's kind of a nice catharsis for him to actually realize, like, no, I can make a difference. I can support somebody. I can sacrifice just a little bit and make such a huge difference for somebody that's been here for me the whole time.
3: Yep.
0: It was incredibly satisfying to see Gay to smack the shit out of them twins. Right. And it not be fake. Cause you know, like when they get hit in those videos and stuff, like it's fake. But just he uh, gave to smack the shit out of them. Well wow. was like, finally, I hit one of them motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs>
1: that's funny, man. Um, I I, I think I, I can say this with the, the utmost confidence. Uh Atlanta has 12 months to respond. Okay. <laughs> Atlanta has 12 months to respond. That's Fucking, awesome. huh? Let's not. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. I get it. I, this show, that Atlanta <laughs> created that? stars. You know, everybody in that cast has gone on to do great things. I love it. But listen, man, Dave just came in and dropped fucking, what, what it, when Drake came in and did back-to-back and the other shit, before Meek even responded, I feel like that's kind of like the territory that we're in right
0: now. Let's not do that. Let's not, not pit these. Can we just have fun,
1: Lizzie? It. God damn. <laughs> I'm having fun, Leezy. This, this, this is not a fun episode, They're never going to hear this, Leezy. This,
3: this is a crisis. I did.
5: I did. So, Corey, I think, I think, um, Atlanta and Chappelle showing Davis, Key and Peele in that. Like, mm-hmm. Chappelle thinks Key and Peele kind of like stole their whole shit mm-hmm. and like and, and basically got into his spot and took stuff from him. But I think Key and Peele kind of like came in. They did the format the same. But they built their own like space in like the comedy sketch world, and I think they're one of the greatest comedy sketch shows ever made because of that. Absolutely, Basically, yeah, absolutely. So and I think and they and grew and past. I think Dave has grown past just this comparison to Atlanta, comparison to Louie, comparison to Curve. I think it's its own thing now.
4: I'm yeah. so glad you brought that up, Martin, because I got to talk yeah. about that. I gotta, I just finished a rewatch of all of Key, Key and Peele, and so this yeah. is a slight tangent. But that is such an unfair thing, and to hear it come out of Chappelle's mouth is like so disheartening. Because I'm a huge Chappelle fan, and first off, does a man not recognize that Key and Peele do not write comedy in the same way that he does? Their comedic voices are totally different. Um, yeah. And that's there's no better example of that than like the last two seasons of Key and Peele, where they drop the whole live format and the live audience, and the interstitial bits are like them driving yeah, like in a car. True Detective. Yeah. 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 Which is a better version of the show? I think the last two seasons are the best two seasons. So and anyway, I'm just glad you brought that up. And so maybe
3: comedy,
4: it, no, please go
3: ahead. A, a sketch comedy <laughs> isn't
4: a new concept either with right. Chappelle.
2: Like so, I mean that to me that would be the same as saying, "Oh, you you did stand up comedy. You jocked my shit." It's like, <laughs> what do you mean? I it's stand up comedy. It's a
4: it's a format. Uh, so maybe, but maybe if we all feel this way. Maybe Weezy's right, maybe we shouldn't compare them Maybe it's unfair The only one, that, the only one that gets no love is Man
2: for, man for Mancia or whatever that uh, nonsense was is oh, I actually watched
0: actually some of that <laughs> I mean, do you, do, you, do you remember John Leguizamo when he made House of Buggin And he was like They took oh. all the Latin people off and turned it into Mad TV, he was mad as a bitch
3: Yeah, I mean... He was Chappelle Chappelle before Chappelle. Chappelle. Is Chappelle Chappelle
0: even, like, you know, the man? I said what I said because I don't think that... um, I don't think the audience for the two shows is the same. Really? No. If not for Martin Carlo Tucker, I would never have watched this shit. It wouldn't have happened. Like... I, and if not for y'all, I probably wouldn't have finished the season. I stopped it at like episode two and I just kept saying, oh, I'm going to go back and watch that. And I just didn't give a fuck anymore. I'm glad I did finish it. But like, if not for this show, I may not, if, if not for us having to record this episode, I may not have. I will just say that like, um, when I say two different audiences, I don't think that the target demographic is necessarily the same. Does that mean that there's there's no overlap? Of course there's some overlap, right? Y'all are sitting here and we watch both of the shows. But I just don't think that what Donald Glover is doing here is the same. Um, it's not nearly as self-deprecating and it doesn't rely nearly as much on a certain level of crude humor to get its point across. I think Atlanta is... Dave is obviously a smart show. He's shown us that in the second season that it's much smarter this season than it was the first season. but I think Atlanta is smart in a completely different way and they sw- and I mean Dave kind of swag jacked the tonality of the show he did um I don't has Donald Glover commented on that like I know we have has he?
1: Not to Um, my knowledge. I I, I don't. I think he's smart enough not to. I don't. I don't think the show. I don't think the show. You know, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that like creates with the expectation of being, um, you know, being cited as somebody else's reference point. But I absolutely do think that Atlanta was the impetus for uh, for Dave. I do personally. Whether 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 it's going after the same target demographic or not, I think he saw Atlanta. And made a decision that, like, I can do something of this nature mm. in relation to my world, you know, so. I think
3: know. he was tip, already tip.
5: planning that for years. I think he was planning Dave for years, though. Like, maybe even before Atlanta. Like, because he had always wanted to be, like, a comedian or a comedic presence or anything, like something like that.
4: It makes know. more sense for the shows to coexist peacefully. I mean, I, I said this in our group chat. I, I would love to see them cross over.
0: Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not mad. I would. I would, I would hey,
4: fuck
0: Chandler, that.
4: high
1: five. I would love to see it too. I, I would love, love to see them. T- you know, that. just being on the same on the same network. I think that'd be pretty cool. It's like being on the same label, doing a fucking feature on a song. Fuck Why that. not? I don't what? want it.
0: I don't want it. There's a, there's the, the show is already con- commenting on cultural appropriation, whereas what Atlanta is trying to accomplish is cultural authenticity. I don't fucking want it. Like, let people have their things.
4: Dang, chill, bro.
0: I and feel like I'd watch feel. it if it came on.
4: Chandler, high five. I'm not so
0: saying next I time, wouldn't watch next time it. I, I hate watching it.
1: Next time I want to, you know, my whole thing was just I just want to see another season
4: of Atlanta. God you don't damn. think Paperboy would have a fun but, reaction to, to Lil Dicky
0: He would hate him.
4: I
1: think It'd that be would awesome. be amazing. I think that'd yeah. be fucking amazing. Fucking, fucking, that's the
5: Justin Bieber episode in Atlanta. Thank
0: you. Basically, we've yeah. seen it already,
5: but
1: not with Chandler what's up can i get my high five challenge <laughs> thank you all right cool let's end it cuz this shit is way too serious at this point uh, i'm trying, thank you th- You're thank, tripping. thank y'all for thank y'all for uh following us uh, on this episode of dave hope that y'all liked it hope dave hears this shit and uh you know and and helps the episode go to the next stratosphere uh you can follow us on the gram and on facebook at kind of movie critics k i n d a movie critics or on Twitter at Kind of Movie Crits. And remember, we call ourselves Kind of Movie Critics because we kind of are, and we're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an on ear network production.